Hi everyone, Michael McGinnis here. Really excited about today's topic as I have been doing this consciousness series. I've been really learning, reading a lot about the topic, but also putting it into practice myself. And I guess that's what most excites me about it is the more I experience like a kid with a new toy, the more I'm really finding this potential real power that consciousness can bring. Today's podcast, Consciousness, the New Theory of Everything. Hopefully that'll make more sense as we go along here. I'm going to start with a quote from an interview with Deepak Chopra. And he said, very slowly, what unfolds is the realization that there's only consciousness. You can't even say consciousness and its contents because the contents of consciousness are all actually patterns of the behavior of consciousness itself. Therefore, the universe exists in consciousness as a perceptual experience. The body exists in consciousness as a perceptual experience, and the mind exists in consciousness as a mental experience. There's only consciousness. If you are religious, you would say there is only God. Well, quite profound, particularly as I have been word, uh, researching and experiencing more of consciousness, particularly that science too has really been researching and understands that this is an area for potential new beginning, a new framework of science. I've been watching a ton of science programs lately, particularly videos on YouTube for the World Science Festival. Life is absolutely amazing and science continues to astound me in terms of what they are researching and discovering. There appears to be a hidden door that needs to be opened before the next plateau of science and research can evolve. I believe that this new door is understanding consciousness which was even mentioned now by some scientists. One such scientist is noted here. I recall being intrigued with science while as long as I can remember. I would look up at the sky at night and wonder what infinity was and how it could go on forever. I mean, what an amazing thought to just sit and ponder. Science was a part of my spiritual quest as well where I sought to understand the meaning of life and how I fit in. It was good to hear a lot of sort of new age or spiritual concepts, but I liked the idea that there was some data to support it. It began with an Omni Magazine issue from August of 1991. I know, dating myself. And actually on the title of the cover was The Search for God. It seemed that science was aligned with many of my spiritual interests, and also principles that I was learning. Reading about quantum physics, for example, was supporting what I was learning in my spiritual circles. Great scientific minds, such as Albert Einstein, Stephen Hawking, as we've probably heard their names, but also new like Michio Kaku, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, and so many more stretched and challenged our understanding of things of what we know to today. Right, just think of Albert Einstein with E equals MC squared. 
you know, the profound, amazing impact that had on how life was starting to be perceived. Stephen Hawking even proposed the theory of everything. He referred to this as the theory of everything is a proposed notion in the scientific community, which states that there is one all-encompassing theory that proposes a framework of understanding of all physics, combining the quantum mechanics and classical physics into a unified approach, which explains the laws of the universe. During this same time, I was learning more about consciousness, as I mentioned up front. From a spiritual perspective, it was helping me to connect the dots of what I was understanding about life itself. And then I listened to the scientist that I mentioned, Michio Kaku. He's the founder of the string theory. For those of you who may have heard of the string theory, again, a very progressive, very forward-thinking theory that alone has some amazing implications if you take time to understand it. It's one of the most widely recognized scientists in the world today. A segment I'll read from his bio is listed below. So string theory was mind blowing in itself, but then he shared the following. In about a hundred years, theoretical physicist Michio Kaku believes we'll explore the universe as pure consciousness traveling at the speed of light, looking at asteroids, comets, meteors, and, and eventually the stars. All of this within the laws of physics, he says. This came from bigthink.com as a link, by the way. This topic was explored in a recent article also from Scientific American, titled, Does Consciousness Pervade the Universe? By Gareth Cook. This was on January 14th, 2020. He states, one of science's most challenging problems is a question that can now be stated easily. Where does consciousness come from? In his new book, Galileo's Error, Error Foundations for a New Science of Consciousness, philosopher Philip Goff considers a radical perspective. What if consciousness is not something special that the brain does, but instead a quality inherent to all matter? It is a theory known as panpsychism. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. P-A-N-P-S-Y-C-H-I-S-M. And Goff guides readers through the history of this idea. Answers common objections such as, that's just crazy, he says and explains why he believes panpsychism re represents the best path forward. When I studied philosophy, we were taught that there were only two approaches to consciousness. Either you think consciousness can be explained in conventional scientific terms, or you think consciousness is something magical and mysterious that science will never understand. I came to think that both of these views were pretty hopeless. I think we can have hope that we will one day have a science of consciousness, but we need to rethink what science is. Panpsychism offers a way of doing this. Again, a quote from Scientific American. Then, while on the site, I discovered an ebook titled The Science of Consciousness. According to the editors, 
How do neurons create feelings of sadness or sense of a unique self? On the other hand, could conscious thought be an illusion? The nature of conscious experience is one of the most essential enduring mysteries. And in this ebook, The Science of Consciousness, we explore the diverse and sometimes contentious approaches to defining consciousness, research into its physical footprints, advances in measuring conscious awareness, and emerging technologies bringing artificial intelligence systems closer to adapting and learning like a human brain. Wow, it really is evolving. It's evolving into something. There's at least work on the fringe to help get us there. For me, humanity is indeed evolving. It's difficult to see this in the middle of a pandemic and amongst so much pain, suffering, anger, and ego. Unfortunately, we've been conditioned to see the negative and bad. Just watch the evening news and calculate the percentage of news devoted to negative versus positive. However, once you train yourself to look for the good, which is an act of consciousness, you see the miracles of life all around you. You begin to change. Through that act of consciousness, you begin to see amazing things all around you and you change your attitude and belief system and become overall more positive. Well, that's what's been happening to me. A major aha moment occurred. No, it was not drug-induced, although my head was indeed spinning. But everything in this moment made sense. It was like one of those light bulb moments where the light goes off and I really become aware of some pretty profound thoughts and ideas. Here's some of the thoughts I had. What is God, I thought. I had long dismissed the religious interpretation of God many years ago. There was no figure in heaven with a beard that was judging me. That was something I had from years ago or was taught to me years ago. Instead, I discovered an all-loving presence. I accepted that there was meaning to life. And with this, that there is something larger than me that is responsible for life and so much more. So much of what I experienced and witnessed in life proved that there had to be something larger. It just couldn't be all a mistake. I referred to this initially, this concept of God as the universe or higher power, sort of advanced, a more advanced way than a traditional religious view. Now, however, I agree and use the word consciousness to define this larger aspect of life. It was enough for me to know that there was meaning to life, which became what I would describe as my faith and core belief. Attempting to intellectualize what this specifically meant, however, amongst a million different interpretations and speculations, depending upon who I was talking to, it was fun to listen to and engage in some conversation. But in the end, I realized it was only speculation. We are each here on an adventure that we know, at least as I know it, physically I'm here and it's called life. There had to be something more. What was the glue holding this all together? I then focused on deepening my understanding of consciousness. My initial post in this series provides an attempt at understanding consciousness. The conclusions I've made thus far is that we're all connected and a part of this universal consciousness. This is a source of energy for what makes our heart tick, 
or allows plants to grow from the tiny seed or the source of all knowledge that exists in life in the universe. It became a source of inspiration and ideas during my own quiet moments. I was starting to experience something bigger, something larger. In effect, I concluded that everything is consciousness. The feeling of those that develop higher levels of consciousness is that they are momentarily a part of a much greater source of a being or knowledge. Understanding this, however, meant that one had to first learn how to connect with their consciousness as I was doing. That's it, I thought. God, this concept of God is simply the summation of all consciousness. Wow, quite profound. As we grow in our consciousness, so does the universe and everything that makes up the universe. Our unique learnings, experience, and growth all help the entire universe or body of consciousness and knowledge to grow. Now, multiply this times 7.6 billion human, humans, although realistically, we would also need to include all the plants and animal species and everything, which are all a part of consciousness as well. And you can imagine how this body of knowledge grows in every single second and moment. And from this, we can see that even in the case of Earth, let's look back at over the thousands of years of where, quote, civilization has started, how civilizations have progressed and continue to progress, right? That was quite amazing. Despite all the setbacks and obstacles, we continue to evolve today, often using these challenges as a launching pad for continued growth. So then I asked myself, so what's the purpose of life here on earth? As I pondered it, stayed quiet, I realized that this has been a question I've been pondering since my early 30s, which is when I was consciously beginning to start thinking about life and the reason for life. It prompted me to take a sabbatical even from my corporate way of life and lifestyle. As a corporate career, exchanging that career for a backpack and a venture on a global quest to understand the meaning of life. I did, I left. I volunteered in some of the most challenging areas of the world. I thought I knew pain and suffering because of my own childhood, a traumatic childhood that resulted in a lot of abuse, obviously a lot of pain and suffering, which lasted a lot during my life. But I was clearly not the only one. I realized pain and suffering is everywhere and something most all of us experience multiple times in our life and share in common. My aha moments from the many situations I experienced on this journey helped me to conclude that pain and suffering is a part of the human existence, but also has a real purpose. We tend not to grow while everything is going great in our lives. But when we are pushed into pain and suffering, this can become a major stimulus for growth. It can also become our end of life, but it often becomes a major stimulus because we don't like the experience of feeling pain and suffering. Hence the saying, no pain, no gain. It was clear that I was here in this life to obtain my doctorate degree in growth since pain and suffering has been a major part of my life. 
but it made sense now. I used these experiences to grow, initiate to heal my past, then to discover my true potential and ways to go beyond this concept of pain and suffering and even to pursue enlightenment. This is what I had understood from the Buddhist philosophy I had studied, that life is difficult and we can learn to grow beyond this pain and suffering. That's what I wanted to do. Our goal then is to learn to put aside our ego, which only serves to create pain and suffering for ourselves and others, so that we can learn to connect to this consciousness. Ego is really in effect that part of it that sees ourselves as separate, better than or worse than somebody else. Imagine all of this ego, which leads to control, power, greed, the quest for things to make us feel better about ourselves. And that gets put on the sidelines while we all live to grow and prosper. All of humanity, by doing this, then prosper the universe as well. Amazing. The purpose of life here, therefore, on Earth as we know it, is to grow. And with our growth, so does God. We each make a difference with every step forward we take. Hence the saying, we each make a difference. So what then is my work or growth to achieve this, I thought? Quietness, once again, a simple yet profound answer to grow our consciousness. This is the motivation behind the series on consciousness that I've been creating here. To begin by learning how to operate more consciously and realizing that our lives are largely a result of our autopilot that is made up of our issues, beliefs, distractions, which can best be characterized as our ego. Our ego is the antithesis of consciousness, leading us to believe that we are singular or separate, better or worse than others, and prone to the distractions of fame, greed, power, control, and more to make us feel worthy, to be worth something as we understand it here in the physical plane. We're stuck with these earthly realizations and beliefs that make up so much of our physical life until we choose, a conscious choice that is, to go beyond this, to search beyond these principles to discover a greater existence. Hence, I found consciousness. The one item that I'm not sure how it connects yet with consciousness, I'm sure it does, but is love. This is also, I believe, a universal truth and is a key part of our work and growth here on earth. It also requires that we shed our ego, which serves to create bias, prejudice, lack of respect, discrimination, along with placing a greater importance of me versus the greater we. If we operate from consciousness and with love, there's no hurting anyone or anyone else, only a desire to help others grow since we understand that with their growth, we all grow and benefit. So another question pondered, why were we not born with consciousness? And again, deeper reflection, we were. Just watch a newborn grow until we disrupt their growth with our own beliefs and actions. And we begin to taint their innocence and wonderment now with what they should believe, what they should do, how they should act. Imagine if we could tap back into these early traits of innocence, of wonderment, 
always asking the question why, with excitement to learn. Combine this with our connection to consciousness and away we go. We are in constant creation and progression, learning from everyone. So what would happen to life here on earth as more of us become more connected to consciousness? Well, I believe the answer is in John Lennon's song. For those that recall the former Beatles star in a great song, Imagine. I believe that's the answer to this question. Just listen to the lyrics. You know, as he says, imagine this, imagine that. Imagine global peace where we work collaboratively to solve global and local issues as they arise, such as hunger, poverty, prejudice, health, inequality. Imagine there are no borders. This requires that we become conscious on our own actions and understand our intentions. The more we do this, the more we become better human beings. And by becoming better human beings, we help ourselves and others. So therefore, consciousness and love are the two ingredients needed to turn the song Imagine into reality. Okay, now what? Well, here's my suggestion. Begin with the lesson in part two of this series. The podcast talks about furthering your own understanding and application of consciousness at a personal level. And hopefully, you'll get to a level that you can then teach me and others. Hey, thanks for the opportunity to share this with you. Pretty deep, profound stuff. But hey, I think that with the understanding of this, as I'm beginning to realize, is indeed a whole nother level of being that'll provide such amazing growth that it will strongly influence every aspect of life, including science, including self. Thanks for joining. Be sure to join me and view my website, growhumanpotential.com. There's a lot more information there on the topics of personal growth, self-discovery, and enlightenment. Would love to connect and maybe even work with you. Thanks. Have a great day.